It's the Ag Ship Podcast. I'm Patrick Mayhorn, creator of the Ag Ship, a credentialed newsletter covering Utah State football, men's, women's basketball, and Olympic sports. You can subscribe for 6 or $10 a month or the uh, yearly fees, which I believe are 60 and 100 respectively, uh, by going to www.theagship.com. You get access to all of the premium written stories. You get access at the $10 tier to the film review and film preview for football. There will also be film stories for basketball. Can't quite do a film review and preview for every basketball game because there are too many basketball games, but there will be plenty of film stories for that as well, plus the monthly Q&A podcast, which we are going to be doing here shortly. I'm going to send out the call for questions there, so if you are subscribed at that tier, be on the lookout for that. Um, we, uh, we've we got a podcast here we're going to break down. We don't have a game to talk about. I'm joined, as always, by co-host Parker Ballantyne. Parker, what's up, man? Hey, Patrick. How's it going? Um, yeah, too many basketball games, by the way. Let me Let me just... Let me just correct you or not correct you, but let me just, let me just add, um, you say that as if it's a bad thing and that is a very, very not bad thing. That's a very good thing. Too many basketball games is a fun problem to have. Yeah. It's, it's a good problem to have, but for the sake of what I do in the film stories, um, there's too many basketball games because I, I, I don't, (laughs) I've, I've referenced this before. Um, I don't really half do any of the stories that I write. If I'm doing a film review, it's going to take an entire day. Um, it will yeah. eat, it will eat the whole day and, and even parts of the day prior in like cutting up tape and, and for basketball, there's already another game by the time I'm done doing that. It's just not a, uh, not a, not a, not a, not a, not a capability that I have right now, maybe at some point, hopefully, but right now it's going to be hopefully a weekly thing rather than a, a bi-weekly thing for basketball. Um, but, uh, yeah, you can subscribe at that tier and, uh, and enjoy those stories. If you're interested in film stories, scheme breakdowns, things of that nature. Um, we do not have a football game to talk about this week. This is usually the recap show. There's nothing to recap because Utah state did not play. It was on a buy and the Aggies are back on the field this Saturday at San Diego state. We're going to break that down in detail on the preview show in a couple days, but right now we, uh, we didn't want to go a full week without a full week and change without uh, without talking to you guys we have mountain west football stuff to talk about we're going to do that usual recap um a little bit of kind of strange utah state football news that we're going to work our way through some some details from blake anderson's weekly press conference and then we have some fun non-football stuff to talk about at the at the utah state you know, in the in the Utah State athletics world, uh, some big Olympic happenings. Seems like it's pretty much exclusively good news on the Olympic front right now for Utah State. We've got some stuff to talk about there, and then we're going to do, um, I think, probably in in more detail as the season actually starts to get underway with basketball. But we're going to do a quick uh, overview for both of the basketball teams. We have an exhibition game to talk about for the women's team. Unfortunately, I will add based on the, the, the results of that exhibition, but we're going to yes, get to that. And then the men's team, we will talk about a little bit as well. Um, just sort of general thoughts on, on the on the teams as the seasons are just about ready to start. They, both, uh, both teams have their season openers on Monday, November the 6th, which is, I believe, when college basketball starts everywhere. Um, so lots of stuff going on with those two teams as well. We're going to talk about all of that, but before we can do any of that, as I alluded to, 
Um, we've got some weird football stuff to talk about. We have a weird, we have, I, I almost called it an off season story. This is very much an off season style story. It's <laughs> yeah. just in the yeah. season. Um, feels off season. Yeah. Feels off season, a, a bi-week news story. If ever there was one. Um, so I was, uh, I, I was Parker, we were talking about this before the show. I was not, um, I, I was not like out of service at all this weekend. I still had, I still had my phone. I was still keeping tabs on on whatever was going on, um, but I was back home in Columbus visiting family this past weekend, and so I was a little bit out of the loop. And I come back Monday to, you know the 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 video where I don't know what show I think it's from Community where Donald Glover walks into the room and everything's on fire and people are like <laughs> spinning the shirt around and all that stuff. That was sort yeah. of where I was at Monday morning as I that go to... was that was Patrick Mayhorn returning. Yeah. From from vacation yeah, yeah as i as i go to sign on for the, the the press conference for the weekly press conference and i'm just inundated with uh the <laughs> the 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 frustrations of the weekend um so what uh I'll, I'll let you set the table here then what's what's going on what is everybody so upset about i've i've picked this up in in retrospect yeah. but um yeah. what's, what's the deal here so this went just about as viral as something can go in a fan base that is kind of this the size and structure of of our fan base yeah um obviously utah state on a bye week and utah the university of utah our uh you know our co-state school our battle of the brothers rival just just an hour to the south of our campus in logan had not only was not only not on a bye week but they had University of Oregon coming into town. They had College Game Day coming into town, which is a rare occurrence um, for sure. A high honor in in you know regular season college football, and to the dismay of many of our fans, a couple of our players found their way onto the sideline of that game. Uh, they were uh, you know of course Ike Larson being the kind of the namesake player that was posting pictures of himself on Instagram with his teammate Titan Saxton, who is a, uh, he's a walk on, not a scholarship player. Ike Larson of course is. Um, And this, as I said, went just about as viral as it could with almost every uh, reaction you can think of primarily negative. Uh, People were very, very upset. Yeah. Uh, I, I understand honestly, both, sides of this really um but i want to get your your reaction before i i really um talk about kind of where i'm coming from you know mostly uh, with my with my blue tinted glasses on a little bit as a fan and someone who's been around for a while but i want to see i want to hear what your thoughts were to having at least a couple of our players on the sideline for a, a university of utah hosting oregon football game yeah, so the my my and I I said a little bit about this. I added a little bit to it of like this is being on the sideline is I I've not I don't know how common that is for guys on a bye week. Um I'm sure it has happened before. I cannot imagine that that they're breaking totally new ground here. Um but uh within within a state uh like Utah where a lot of these guys who are playing at you know the at the at the three main the you know the three FBS schools here, um, and you have a lot of guys from within the state playing for those schools. Um, it's not 
it's not uncommon for players to have buddies on, on these teams, right? It's there are plenty of players on Utah State who have friends at BYU or at Utah. They have former teammates at BYU uh, and at Utah, um, and uh, and the same goes for those schools. They have they have friends at Utah State. Um, these guys know each other. A lot of them played together or against each other in high school. A lot of them played together in, in seven on seven leagues. They went through recruiting stuff together. They they know each other. It's it's a not it's not a giant you know community. Co- football players, high level college football players, generally are familiar with each other. They just it it just happens. Um, and so and this like, is something by the way we talked about in our uh, Q and A um, show last week or last month where yeah. uh, Utah is not a state really that's big enough to have three FBS teams. We're very lucky to have three FBS teams, but that makes for a very tight knit, very small community. Um, We don't see it as often as anymore because we just don't play the in-state teams. Um, But it's a very heated rivalry. But as soon as the game ends, you always see, uh, you know, guys that have known each other for their whole lives. They they talk on the field, they hang out on the field afterwards for for a long time. You can see that um, because it is to your point, a very tight knit community in, in the, you know, high school circuit to Utah FBS because there's there's three teams when there really isn't uh, there probably shouldn't be as yeah. we mentioned uh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, and so they a lot of them know each other, and this is not unheard of for guys on on bye weeks to go and watch another game to go and 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 you know it's not a it's not a super long drive from Logan down to Salt Lake City. Um, it's not a it's not an especially fun drive, but you can do it. It's not unheard of. Um, and like I, I, I said on Twitter, it's not the same thing. Cause the guy, this guy was in the stands and I won't, I won't out who it was. Cause I don't know if I'm at Liberty to do that, but like there was a BYU player in the stands at Utah state's game against Fresno state a couple weeks ago, who was there with his girlfriend. Like, like they're just, and I think she goes to Utah state, right? Like they just, they have, they know people who are at these other schools. They're not that far. They're not that far apart. Um, and, uh, it, it, he's not, you know, I don't think he was up there doing anything like untoward. I don't think he was, you know, the 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 news story of the last two weeks. He was not up there holding his phone and just just recording signal. He was sitting on the wrong sideline to do that anyway. <laughs> um, like they just do that. It's it's there's there's when you're a college football player and you're on a bye week, you have a little bit less on your plate than usual, and sometimes you're just gonna go do something. You're going to go somewhere. You're going to, I think there were other guys <clears throat> on Utah state's team who weren't on the sidelines at that game, who just were in Salt Lake city over the weekend, because it's a big city and it's a, it's a place to go. If you're 22 years old and you want to go to a big city, Logan does not necessarily have the same nightlife as Salt Lake city. Um, I don't think I'm breaking any news here. There are, <laughs> it's just when you're on a bye week and you don't have anything to do on Saturday, you just do a day trip down. Um, being on the sidelines is different than being in the stands. Like I said, I don't think they're breaking new ground, but I have not seen that a ton before. That's not super common. Um, I, you know, they were given sideline passes presumably because of friends that they have on the team. I, I, it's not the big, big secret here. It's not that hard to get sideline passes for a football game. They're kind of there's a lot of people down on the field they sort of just give them away it's it's uh <laughs> there's as a lot you and i yeah as you and i both know it's <laughs> they're just somewhat common there's yeah, a lot of people down there they're letting me down there they'll just let anybody on um <laughs> no but uh yeah it was it was a big game for utah and they had a lot of people there and 
yeah, I'm sure it was a real nightmare for the the poor photographers down there. I feel for them when there's just people lingering on the sidelines. But that's, yeah. there just are people lingering on the sidelines during games. There's just you're not really sure why they're there. Some of them it's 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 bigger donors who have you know who have uh, gotten the chance to be down on the field. Some of them it's just people who are there. They're you know recruits on visits and and guys just kind of around and. Um, yeah, again, it's it's not. I don't know how common it is for for players on opposing teams, but these guys didn't have a game. They wanted to go down, and 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 what Blake Anderson said at his press conference on Monday was, you know, they were they were thinking it was going to be a really good football game, and and just you know a, a big a big environment, and wanted to go and see it and and see their friends and who are on the team. Um, and my, my first reaction was, yeah, okay, that, that makes sense. That checks out to me (laughs) that, that, that's not, that's not like groundbreaking. That seems understandable. Um, I also can, I can understand the concern when you see something like that, especially given Utah State's recent struggles with losing guys in the transfer portal. Um, and, uh, the, you know, kind of the nature of how that has been with Utah and BYU in recent years, just kind of picking guys off the roster at times, um, especially this last year at BYU. There were several guys just kind of picked off the roster. Um, the So the concern there I get. However, as you and I were talking before we recorded, um, Ike Larson... If you if you're seeing a player on the sidelines at Utah and from Utah State and it's Ike Larson, I don't think that you need to be particularly concerned because Ike Larson's not playing college football next year. I don't think I'm breaking yeah. <laughs> like it would take a pretty this surprising yeah. it would take a pretty surprising turn of events if Ike Larson was doing anything other than playing in the NFL at this time next season. He's an NFL player. He's going to be a he might be an All American. Um, he was a, a freshman All American last year. Um, he's maybe the best overall player in a very good Mountain West conference. He's going to be making NFL money. He's going to be in the NFL. He'll be drafted. Um, like that's, I don't think that if Utah is, is, is attempting to do a, a an in-season recruiting for, for transfer portal stuff, they could have picked a better guy to do it because he's not, I don't yeah. think he's going to be here. I don't think it's going to be. They're parking I, up the wrong tree. Yeah, I, 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 I don't think that it's a matter of like, oh, well, you know, he, he might want to, he might want to go get more attention at, at, at Utah. Like they the NFL is aware of Ike Larson. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's 2023 scouts. They know about better it. than that. Scouts know about good players <laughs> wherever they are. Yeah, you, they, you, these guys don't know who Ike Larson is. Like they've known him probably since last year. Yeah, they are well aware of Ike Larson. There's, it's not. He's not a secret. Is he was an All American. There's, there's a, there's an understanding there. Even with, with you know the, even if you have the least well researched franchise in in the NFL, you know guys who just aren't doing anything other than looking beyond the, you know, they're just looking at the All-Americans list and scrolling down PFF. They know about Ike Larson because he's on those lists and he's at the top of the PFF grades. They know about this guy. Um, he's going to be playing in the league. I, I don't I don't really think that there needs to be a ton of anxiety about Ike playing his college football anywhere other than Utah State because he's at Utah State this season, and I would be pretty shocked if this is not his last season of college football because he's an NFL player. He's It's... I think it's just about done. Um, yeah, that's yeah. that's that's where I'm at with this. He is, if if Utah is 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 going after his services, and I'm not going to allege that because that would be a pretty severe step forward in the you know 
um, the tampering business. You can't do that. That would be, you know, punishable, I think, pretty severely punishable. Uh, If they were doing that, they picked a very bad guy to do it with, to break the rules for, because he's not playing college football next year. He's going to the NFL. Yeah, and and Titan Saxton, by the way, also – uh, he's talented for sure. He's a division one player, um, yeah. but he's not even a scholarship player at Utah state. I can't imagine uh, Kyle Whittingham is, is, you know, willing to break the rules for, yeah, for, for him. either of those players. One is going to be playing in the NFL next year. And then one is hoping to crack the roster at Utah state next year. Yeah. Um, those yeah. are not the type of players Utah is looking to, you know, to risk postseason eligibility for. That's no. not what Utah does. <laughs> that would be that would be a wild a wild way to do that. <laughs> Very foolish. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's good news, bad news, right? Like the good news is Ike will not be playing for Utah next year. The bad news is he will also not be playing for Utah State next year. He he's yeah he's done. He's going to be in the NFL. Um, I think yeah I I would agree with with what you said. I'm I'm right there with you. It's weird that they're on the sidelines. I get that. I get the frustration. I get the just the the raw knee-jerk emotional reaction to seeing our guys especially a guy like Ike he's homegrown he's not even not only you know been at Utah State for a couple of years he's from the valley he's a Logan High Skyview High kid um I understand getting defensive about that I I do um and in and yeah as you as you mentioned and as we've talked about the sideline pass is weird I don't know how common that is I can't imagine it's very common but at the end of the day, we were on a bye week and they had an all-time matchup, an all-time team with Bo Nix and the Ducks coming to town, um, college game day coming to town. Um, and, I, you know, something that Blake even mentioned during the the press conference is like, I bet all of you guys as fans were watching that game on TV, if not going. Like, it's that was a, a significant game. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't bother me, but I do understand like, look, we just lost Craig Smith to these guys. We lose guys to these, uh, these guys every year, BYU and Utah. I get it. I get the emotion. I get the rage and the the frustration. Um, I think it's, uh, it's overblown and certainly should not be taken out on Ike yeah. um, because I don't think there are very many Aggie fans that would have passed up a sideline pass with college game day in town. Like that's just, yeah. it was a cool opportunity. Um, and you know what? Ike's only going to have, what, four more games as an Aggie? Just enjoy them. Just sit back yeah. and enjoy Ike Larson. Four, playing four for Utah or State if things go well, five. Like, that's – I think probably that's about the – Right, yeah. yeah that's yep. – it's um, – I don't. I think it's going to be a moot point here pretty soon. Um, yeah. But also, the last thing I have on this, and Blake alluded to this a couple times in the nicest way that he could because he – you know, <laughs> all of these coaches know each other and he's not going to go out there and say that – uh, just just state it plainly he's gonna say it in a in a coach way um he said that these guys you know they were expecting it would be a great game um which implies that it was not a great game which i would certainly <laughs> yeah, agree with yeah. because if yeah. you are if you are attempting to to do an unprecedented transfer portal recruiting visit during the season for guys who are still actively on another team um you would probably want to pick a better game to show them than a 35 to 6 pantsing by a conference rival um it was not a great it was not a great outcome here for utah i don't think this was not the most impressive utah game you could go to i <laughs> i can't yeah i can't I, imagine that anybody I was leaving rice eccles thinking like wow what a place to be what a what a great yeah. program to play for they just got they just got yeah, i mean that stadium was Oregon. empty by the fourth quarter they got to watch the utes become ineligible for the college football playoff and the conference title all in one 
Um, that's not that's not a very good recruiting trip if you're the U. Yeah. Um, I I picked up on that language too, the way that Blake was saying that he's like, well, they they thought it was going to yeah. be a good game, like <laughs> the same way we all thought when we were tuning in that that was going to be fun. Um, luckily the uh, the Longhorns down in Texas gave us something to to watch uh, at that same time because we got to we yeah. got to watch BYU and Utah. The get, same get score. On our, same yeah, score. Same yeah. score. Something in the air. Um, so all, all things considered, a pretty pretty fun bye week for uh, state of Utah fans, I would say. Um, yeah. Some of them, at least, at least <laughs> one one third small, of them. Yeah, <laughs> at least a small percentage of them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely a lot going on in the state and in the conference. Let's. Uh, I mean, I don't have anything else on that. It's just. Yeah. It is what it let's, is. Let's move on to the the conference. Um, I mean, uh, yeah. If I would, I will say, if either Ike or Titan is playing for the U next year, um, we'll talk about this a lot more at that point, and I will be yeah. much more fired up at that point. But for now, I'm just gonna roll my eyes and and I don't care. It's, yeah. It is what it is. Yeah, I'll uh, we'll, um, we'll do the 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 chest pat. That one's our bad. That we will retract yeah. our statements yeah. at that point. But I don't <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's gonna. If this, I don't if think this it's gonna turns out to, to be. A recruiting trip, hand up, my bad. I yeah. will, I'll, I'll go ahead and admit that. But <laughs> yeah. um, I'm going to go ahead and assume it's not because that would be ridiculous and, and silly. Um, so let's move on to the conference. It was a pretty, it was a good slate, um, yeah. I think. And there was a lot going on. Um, let's, let's go ahead and jump in. Boise State beats Wyoming 32 to 7. Man. Boise State beats Wyoming. 32 to seven. This yeah. is every Aggie fans nightmare coming to life. The Broncos are figuring it out. And maybe Wyoming, you know, I I saw a lot of like, you know, Wyoming on fraud watch this and that I, okay, whatever. This is what Wyoming does this, or this is what Boise state does. This is what we were afraid of like this. This is bad news. Honestly. Yeah, I'm so on the on the Boise State side of things. I am in wait and see mode right now with this before I declare anything grand about Boise State being back or not back, be figuring it out or not figuring it out. They were coming off a bye week. Um, they 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 won the game. <laughs> they won it comfortably. They won it by yeah, you know, a, a, a large margin, a, a margin you don't usually see against Wyoming. Um, they have to go to Fresno state this weekend. I'm going to wait and see what that looks like until again, until I make any big declarations. Um, because you look at the Boise state side of this and you know, the, the, the stats are fine that they won the game by quite a bit and they did more against Wyoming than anybody else has this season. But you also like, I don't know. They, they the the stats are fine. They're fine. They 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 were generally good. They looked good. However, there is another team involved in this game, and and Craig Bull has spent the last two or three days, um, basically taking every opportunity that he has at a microphone to say that his team played terribly and that he was <laughs> like he was like crestfallen at how disastrously bad they played. And that was my main takeaway more than anything on the Boise State side of this was that, yeah, Wyoming played horribly. This was the worst game I have seen Wyoming play in a really long time. Um, yeah, and and it felt like it was not it, it was a, it was a massive surprise that this happened at all. But the way that it happened, 
um, if it was going to be, if there was ever going to be a Wyoming related football disaster, it would happen like this, which was all of the various small margin things that they have built their, their success on that they built their program on, which is, you know, having an offense that's kind of weird and inefficient and doesn't really do anything all that well. It just does it over and over again and eventually it gets its way into the end zone and they you know they they play well on special teams and they don't make a ton of mistakes and then defensively they just get off the field when they need to they get stops in big positions they force turnovers they do all of this this stuff they get sacks they get pressure up front they 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 win with small margins and they you know a lot of the times it feels if you're just watching or even just looking at, at the at the box score it, it feels like Wyoming ends the game and nothing has really happened all that much and that's just what they do they play games where nothing happens and then they win um and they are they're very good situationally and the thing with situational football in in this sport in college football specifically is that there are only so many moments like that there are only so many third downs where you can get off the field only so many chances to create turnovers only so many red zone trips and all of that stuff. And so the, the the number is pretty small and sometimes, not often, but sometimes, once every you know, once a once in a blue moon, uh, for Wyoming, it will lose every single one of those chances. It will miss every single time that it gets one of those situations. It won't get the sacks, it won't get off the field when it needs to, it won't convert on third down. The quarterback, the, the you know, the passing game will fall apart. The rushing game will fall apart, and the whole thing just collapses. Which is the the nature of a small margin football team, which is what they are by design. Um, and th- that was this. Every single thing that could yeah. have gone wrong for Wyoming went wrong. It was it was not, it was not just that one thing broke. It was that every single thing broke all at once. And Boise State just happened to be the team who was on the on the field against them. Well, and that's the point, I think. Like, all of that might be true. And I think it is. I agree with everything you just said. I think, yeah, you know, Wyoming is a small margin team that just, at the end of the day, plays better than you. Like, that's just what they do. And then sometimes they don't. Um, but just the fact that it's Boise State. That's it's fair. always yeah. Boise State. <laughs> and it sucks, dude. Like, it's so frustrating. The fact that Boise State starts the season 0-2 and then – gets to you know wins twice lose again ends up three and two um they were talking about firing their head coach they're talking about hiring their offensive coordinator they're talking about burning boise to the ground and rebuilding it from from scratch i mean these fans were done yeah. that one might not be and that they're gonna turn idea. it around they might want to try well, they well, might want to think about doing that That's not not, yeah. a, not a very nice city <laughs> and they are going to turn it around and they will be bowl eligible i don't think they're going to be in contention for necessarily the conference title although they only have one conference loss right now which is yeah just ridiculous i mean this is what they do and it's very frustrating and if this is the boise that we see on the 18th and if they're seeing the utah state that was in san jose last week yeah we're in big trouble i think if any, i think that's I think if what anybody that's what utah sees, state fans are worried about yeah i think if anybody sees that utah state utah that utah state team the aggies are probably in trouble that's not a team you want to yeah, see yeah that's not a bowl eligible yeah. team that team was very bad and i think i mean that's what that's what it is this is what it is to be an aggie fan is to go into a bye week um already feeling bad about yourself and then to look up and suddenly boise it's like are they figuring it out really yeah. like is this what we're gonna do is this is it gonna be this every 
single year. Yeah. Um, two weeks ago, we were talking about winning out on a schedule that consisted of Boise State and San Diego State. We were talking about it comfortably. We were we were feeling like we were favored in every game. Yeah. And suddenly, we lose to San Jose State. They put it together against. And yeah, it was an ugly win. It was a weird win, but against a very, very good Wyoming Cowboys team, um, you know, receiving votes, only had yeah. two losses prior to that, um, looked really good against Texas, at Texas, beat Texas Tech at home, beat Fresno State when they were ranked at home, and Boise just gets it done. And that yeah. is, um, if, if there's bad news in a bye week, this is it. This is very um, unnerving. I, I still think my brain is in wait and see mode. My heart is very, uh, <laughs> my heart's not so much. I, my heart feels like it's seen this before and it's unnerving to see Boise state start to come alive. Yeah. Um, a mere weeks before we play them. Uh, it, and it's, it's, it's hard. It's frustrating to see their rise coincide with our just falling apart last week. Hopefully both of those trends revert back to what they've been, but, yeah. um, but this is starting to look familiar for Utah State fans. That's not a good thing. Yep, I am. Uh, I will. I will reserve judgment until I see what they do against Fresno State, who is next yep, up that's on a big one. next up on our board here. Fresno State thirty-one, UNLV twenty-four. Um, really, really heartbreaking into this game for UNLV, which was down right up against the goal line with the chance to tie this game with not very much time left in the fourth quarter. Um, had uh, had overcome a really a disastrous third quarter. I think Fresno put up 24 in the third quarter and, and took a took a 14 point lead. Um, UNLV gets all the way down there. Has a I mean it it should have been a touchdown. Uh, it should have been a touchdown pass. Guy was open. I think it was Seneca McKee and nobody around him. Ball just goes through his hands, just right through his hands, and and um, one of those just one of those plays. Uh, and uh, I think the next play is a, is an interception that basically ends the game. Tough to just a, a really tough way to lose a game. Tough to see that. I, I don't really I didn't really really have a rooting interest on either side of this. I was impressed with UNLV. I I, I think the third quarter was not good, but uh, you know, and they and they they had too many turnovers, and ultimately you can't do that against Fresno State. Um, but they I thought they looked good. I thought they played really well. It was just. You have to play really, really well and not make mistakes to beat Fresno State, and they they made they made one too many, um, and uh, and Fresno State survives again. Yeah, Fresno State just they've had a couple of these games where they just get by. They've had games where they they look really, really good and they dominate an opponent that they probably shouldn't. Um, this is just one of those where they put themselves in the position to be ahead you know they're they're the ones relying on you know we've talked about this before this is why it's going to be ahead because then it's a drop ball that yep. breaks the other team's heart not your own yep um when you're when you're ahead this is you know that's that's the way it breaks um fresno state does just enough to get by what i am still believing in a very very good unlv team i yep. i mean these are two of the top five Two of the top, maybe four, even three, after what Wyoming did. Um, two of the top teams in the conference for sure. Yep. Fresno State just doing just enough. Um, they are I'm very impressed with Fresno State. They're doing week in, week out, really just doing enough. Yeah. They look like um, Fresno UNLV State. Still they, looks good. It's, yeah. It's, this yeah. registers to me as like, oh yeah, that's Fresno State. Sure enough. <laughs> just they just don't they don't make a ton of mistakes and they win these games. And that is 
that's what they do, and they continue to do that. Um, but yeah, I, I think UNLV looks dangerous. They they look they look good. I really like Jaden Mayava at, at quarterback. He's playing really well, young guy. Um, Ricky White has been great for them. They were able to run the ball a little bit. Um, imp- impressed with those guys. Uh, I, I think that they're probably, if they can recuperate and recover from a, a loss like that, they're gonna be they're gonna be a tough out in in November. They're a, that's a good team. Yeah. Yep. Very good team. Um, we'll see how that goes, but yeah, I still I still like both those teams. I think they're pretty good. Yeah. Up at the top of the conference, and without question, number one team in the conference. Um, yep. I believe now the only unbeaten team in the conference, right? Uh, yes, sir. That would be Air Force, the Air Force Falcons, with a 30-13 to win over Colorado State. Um, this, if you have seen an Air Force game before, you watched this one. You didn't even, you don't need to have seen this one. If you've ever watched Air Force play, you know exactly what happened here. Um, game was tied at the half. The snow starts falling in Fort Collins, and that's it. That's the end of the game. Uh, Air Force comes out in the second half and shuts them out, uh, puts 13 more points, on, or 17 more points, rather, on the board, and pulls away for a comfortable 30-13 to 13 victory. Um, pretty much everything that you would expect to see from an Air Force game here. They run for 261 yards. They're efficient on third downs. They don't make mistakes. They had two penalties for 15 yards in this game. No turnovers. Um, Zach Larrier, good in command of the of the offense, as he always is. And they grind it out in the second half when things get hard. Air Force wins the game. That's usually how it goes. Is that when when it gets tough, yeah. Air Force wins. And that was that was this. There's not a lot of teams tougher than these guys. Um, yeah, very very tough. I think the the most like notable or at least the funniest thing about this game is Colorado State's bench getting um flagged for throwing snowballs at the Air Force players uh, at one point during the game which is um kind of hilarious and kind of just like don't don't do that don't yeah, that don't is... throw snowballs at players don't throw <laughs> snowballs at Air Force cadets just all all around don't do any of this this is a bad look um that, but kind uh, of yeah. so hilarious in 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 a way but yeah it's it's very Mountain West it's very Colorado State Air Force i mean you're playing mm-hmm. at one of the highest elevations in the country and it's snowing and you're losing because air force just does what air force does. And yeah. the next thing you know, you're throwing <laughs> snowballs at the armed forces because <laughs> that's Mountain West football. <laughs> yeah. I think everybody was operating at their, at their true form in this game. I feel everything felt <laughs> yeah. very on brand in this one. You have yeah, air force is... slowly choking out Colorado state and Colorado, <laughs> Colorado state responding by throwing snowballs at the cadets. Um, that sounds yeah, about the right. The ones to who me. hadn't, the ones who hadn't left to go to any number of pubs yeah. within walking distance of the stadium decided to start throwing snowballs. Oh, um, man. So awesome. fun stuff. Uh, Mountain West football is great. It's, um, the fight, it's a lawless Santa Fe anarchy. It's, the, it's the, the fight or flight dynamic in Fort Collins is very funny. You, 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 could, you <laughs> could study it. You could... <laughs> yeah, they're either, they're either going to the, the just row of bars right next to the stadium or they are responding with snowballs. That is very yeah. – that is on, on, uh, on the nose a little bit, but I appreciate it. And um, the only thing preventing them from doing this every game – 
is the fact that the, se- the season just starts too soon. Yeah. This would be an every game occurrence if they just only had snow. They need to figure out how to have an outdoor basketball arena. I think that that's what they need. <laughs> that's their next project at Colorado State is how do we have an outdoor basketball arena where we can just do this all season? Um, that's uh, something for them to think about. Uh, yeah. Next up here, <laughs> I cannot believe this, but Nevada is on a two-game winning streak. 34-24, Nevada knocks off New Mexico. The Wolfpack have done it again. Back-to-back conference wins. Um, they kind of they took a little bit of a weird path to get there because they were up at one point 24 nothing at the half, and then New Mexico. I wouldn't even say storms back because it wasn't nev- it was never really in in doubt. They scored two touchdowns in the fourth quarter when the game was already kind of in hand for Nevada. But uh, Nevada wins again and do- does not really doesn't really do much in the process of winning uh brendan lewis was 8 of 16 passing for 92 yards the leading rusher had 76 carries they they ran fairly well but they just they just win they won the game and that's yeah that's pretty much the only <laughs> thought i have about it is that nevada won and that that's good yeah. for them they keep on doing that they've done it twice now in as many games i did not think they were going to do that i didn't think they were going to win any games this season um, if Boise State was bad news, this is probably the second piece of bad news. If you're Utah State, like you really don't want to play a Nevada that's capable of winning because <laughs> I think uh, two weeks uh, ago there was no Utah State team that could lose to any Nevada team this yeah. year. There was it, no it, version of the Aggies that could lose to any version of the Wolfpack. Yeah, that has changed. It, um, at least you can <laughs> at least you can kind of swap them out for New Mexico. One of the two teams in the last four games is going to be a a tire fire, and it, it's right now that that fire exists in in New Mexico. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> one, will, one of them is going to be incompetent, and right now it's New Mexico. And right now it's New Mexico. I will also say, Nevada has the opportunity still to become bowl eligible. Yeah, Nevada is still technically in the Mountain West wins. title race. They're still technically alive <laughs> yeah. in the Mountain West, which is very funny. They, they they have the opportunity to do the absolute funniest thing ever. If Utah State wasn't on their schedule, I would be rooting for Nevada to win out because after losing to USC, Idaho, Kansas, Texas State, Fresno State, UNLV, going 0-6 to go 6-0 and to finish the season <laughs> would be hilarious. Um yeah, I don't want that because Utah State is still on the schedule. I that would just be at that would be a disaster. Yeah, uh, for Utah State yeah. to lose yeah. to Nevada, but um, very funny for what like Nevada's what they're doing is very funny and they good for them. Uh, hang the banner now. I they are not going to get full eligibility. There's just they still have Utah State, Wyoming on their schedule. Hawaii could be a win. It's at home. Yeah, um, but very very fun to see what the Wolfpack are what they're doing right now. Yeah, and they do it in spite of very funny, kind of the weird stat of the week here of a, in a in a conference that produces quite a few of them. Um, they had 12 penalties for 111 yards, and they won the game by 10 points, and they were pretty comfortable doing it. There was a touchdown in the last minute that made it closer. Um, uh, that's yeah, that's a lot of penalties. That's a lot of penalty yards to overcome. Um, and compared they, to the 15 that yeah, Air Force had this yeah. week, <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, New Mexico on the New Mexico side, when you see that, when you know that you were on the wrong side of that, um, Danny Gonzalez, buddy, I think it might be, uh, I think it might be time, my friend. I, I fear that uh, I fear yeah. that Danny Gonzalez's uh, tenure is is approaching its conclusion, um, because that yeah. is that is bad. That is really bad. You can't be doing that. Yep. 
New Mexico will be one of the teams searching for a, a new head coach joining probably for sure UNLV, as we've talked about on a previous show. <laughs> yeah, for very different um, for reasons. For very, yeah. very different reasons. Um, they will both be searching for a new head coach. The rest of the conference uh, jury is still out. Uh, like I said earlier, like there was there was uh, an angry mob ready to remove everything about Boise, but certainly uh, Andy Avalos. But I think for now it's it's safe to say that Gonzalez will not be will not be coaching the Lobos next year. All right, last one here in the Mountain West. I have no real thoughts on this one, but it is it is a game that happened. Um, that would be San Jose State thirty-five, Hawaii zero. Um, I don't imagine that it's a it's a ton of solace to Utah State, but I do think San Jose State has figured some things out. Um, they look good. They looked good here. They have looked good for a couple weeks now. I, I think that they have maybe turned a uh, turned a corner. Yeah, it it's certainly looking that way. Um... You know, this is against Hawaii, so Hawaii not one of the better teams in the conference, probably one of the very bottom teams yeah. in the conference. But, um, but yeah, it, it's definitely not going to be much for Utah State fans, particularly ones that watched the game and just saw how yeah. poorly we played uh, against these Spartans. But uh, they they do seem to be playing with a little bit of a different energy, a little bit of different swagger than they have. Um, could that be turning a corner? certainly could be we will we will kind of see as they close out the season but um yeah i don't i don't have a lot on this one either yep yep it's uh that'll do it for this mountain west recap let's jump in now with a uh, a breakdown here a quick look around in the olympic sports for utah state where as i said earlier it's all good news everything is uh is is coming up uh everything's coming up utah state here in the olympic side of things absolutely um soccer is back in action tomorrow at 11 a.m mountain time you can watch that on the mountain west website um i think they also have an app on most smart tvs um because it is the number two seed in the mountain west tournament tournament play is here and for i believe the first time utah state does not have to participate in the first round did not have to participate in the first round they get a buy they they earn the number two seed with a one to zero win over boise state in the season finale um close out the they closed out the regular season behind only san diego state i think they were behind by one point if memory serves because they lost to San Diego State, but San Diego State had a tie and a loss. Um, it might have been two points. I don't, it doesn't matter. But um, it was close. I can't remember. Either. They uh, they get a bye. They 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 earned a bye through the first round. They will play Boise State again on Wednesday. Uh, Boise State wins its first round matchup in the three six game. Um, but uh, Utah State is as we have. As we've been saying about this team and about the the program that Manny Martins is built building, just impressive, really, really impressive. They looked awesome. They have looked awesome for weeks now. They have been on a tear. I think they have the 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 longest winning streak in the conference right now at five games, and they are they're two games away. They're two wins away from their first conference championship since 2012, and in turn, their first NCAA tournament bid since 2012. That's the only way they're getting it, is with an or with a uh, an automatic bid, because the Mountain West does not really have the capacity to send an at-large team, but um, they're two games away. They're, they're, you know, 180 minutes, and that is, that's just really, really, really impressive from, from them. Yeah. They've been awesome. Yep, this is awesome. So Boise State beats Nevada in their first round, that 3-6 matchup. So we will meet them again. Um, 
I mean, we took care of business against the Broncos just, you know, a couple of days ago. This could be awesome. This this is really, really cool. Huge opportunity for the girls and the, the program that Manny Martins is building. Um, seeing this team go play in the the tournament, you know, the NCAA tournament would be incredible. Um, that is obviously getting ahead of ourselves a little bit, but even just seeing them compete in this this tournament the way they I think can uh, is gonna be really, really cool. And you know, as you mentioned, just the fact that we got a buy, things are looking really good. Uh, the soccer team is very, very good, uh, and it's been fun. Yep, one of the best seasons in recent memory for Utah State, and, and they're still alive. Uh, still could be it even better, and then be one to uh, one to really remember. So we will we will keep an eye on that, and uh, presumably have a result to talk about the next time we're on this this podcast. Um, other news in the Olympic realm, not quite tournament time yet for volleyball, but the volleyball team keeps on winning. They, they get a reverse sweep against Colorado state. They were down two zero in sets and come all the way back. Um, it was, uh, it was tenuous. It was tenuous the whole time, but they fight their way through it. They get a big win there and then they beat Wyoming three to one. Um, they are now 11 and one in the mountain West. They've lost only once that was against air force back several weeks ago. Um, one of the first games in conference play for them. They, I mean, they're feeling pretty good right now with, with where they are in the standings and with the, the possibility of a three-peat as the mountain West's regular season champion and, and potentially a two-peat of, uh, you know, counter, uh, tournament champion and, and NCAA tournament bid from that, uh, because the next team in the standings is eight and four New Mexico, who Utah state will play the second time this season on Saturday. They won the first meeting, uh, and behind them is three, seven and five teams, Colorado state, Fresno state, and Boise state, Utah state swept Colorado state and won its first meeting against both Fresno state and Boise state. Um, next game is a chance to avenge that one loss, which is against six and six air force. That's on, that's on the Thursday in Logan. Um, volleyball team is what it is. It, it is what it has been. And they continue to dominate the mountain West. They're the best team here by a, a pretty wide margin. Yep. That's, that is true. Um, as you mentioned back in action on two, uh, or on Thursday, the second, uh, chance to avenge their loss. This, yeah, this team is very good. Um, not only, I mean, as a as a fan and as someone with rooting interest, they are they are the best team in the conference, um, and it's it's very cool. If you have a chance, um, get out and see. You know, get get to Club Estes. The, the the energy that this program has, I think, is somehow just as impressive, if not more impressive, than the actual results that they've had. It's very very cool to watch yeah. uh, the energy that they've been able to cultivate uh, with Rob Nielsen and. Uh, the the team that they have it's it's awesome they they're packing that that building the Estes Center and it's it's been a lot of fun yep yep it is uh good times there for Rob Nielsen and his program and seems like the good times are going to keep on rolling for them I, I think that it would be a pretty major surprise if anybody other than Utah State is atop the Mountain West come season's end there's six games left in the regular season um they uh they control their destiny and then some. They they are they are out in front and can close this out here with a couple more wins and, and get the chance to do so against a lot of the teams that are right behind them. Fresno State on November sixteenth, Boise State on the on the sixth, and then Air Force, like you said, on Thursday. Um, New Mexico as well on uh, on Saturday. That's going to be a big one. 
Um, all right, last section here. We've got some basketball stuff to talk about as we go. As we said, not uh, like I said, not going to go into a ton of detail yet because there will be games to preview here pretty soon. Um, but uh, we do have on the women's side a little bit of a little bit of stuff to talk about. We have a game to talk about, an exhibition game. Um, and as I alluded to earlier, the news is not good here for Utah State. Uh, Fort Lewis comes to Logan for these uh, for this exhibition game. These two played in a similar game last year. Utah State won comfortably. I think it was 74-45 or something like that. Uh, this time, no such luck for the Aggies, who fall to Fort Lewis 70-69. to um, Parker, I'm gonna I'm gonna go grab I'm gonna grab a little bit of context on Fort Lewis as you talk about uh, whatever whatever went on here because uh, this is not uh, this is not an opponent that we have a ton of context on which is not usually a good thing when you lose a game so Parker what's going on here no, what, what what went no, wrong here? this was a lot <laughs> a lot went wrong this is not good this is a team that uh, I despite the struggles of this program continued ongoing struggles this is a team we should be beating this is a game we should win this is a game we won last year um i know that in college sports you can never compare the same two teams two consecutive years because just things change so quickly and so much um utah state is a school that you know most people couldn't find on a map fort collins is certainly a school that most people couldn't find on a map like this is a a very very small school a very small opponent it's a it's a private school i think i think it's a private school i would imagine it is yeah um and durango colorado no no business even having really a close game um we at one point trailed by 20 points in the third quarter yeah uh, we did not lead at any point in this game um we did have a nine point scoring run but of course they they also did, did. Well, yeah um theirs we, was in the first quarter utah state timed yeah. it's up time timed it's run up pretty well it did it in the fourth quarter but um yeah yeah but still just not enough i mean losing 69 to 70 not good um just looking at looking closer at what happened in this game uh we had and i don't know this is an ex- exhibition game this is the first time we've seen this this coaching staff yeah, this, you know, we brought in some new people. This coaching staff, this play, this yeah. roster. Um, but we saw a lot of people come off the bench playing 22, 26, 24, 12 minutes. And then we had starters playing 11 minutes, 11 minutes. Um, I don't know if the coaching staff is just getting it wrong, if they're trying new things. I don't know. It's the first yeah. game of not even the season. But goodness, very, very ugly. Should not lose this game, even in an exhibition setting. Yeah, and I think that there is certainly an aspect of exploration here with this because the game doesn't count. I hope, yeah. The good news for Utah State, as I said on Twitter, the game doesn't count. It's an exhibition. And the the lineup stuff here would indicate that they're trying some things because, like, Bridget Mullings, who is a, a significant enough player, a significant enough member of this team that she was there for media days. She was one of the two representatives 
from the players for Utah State along with Coach Kayla Ard. Um, the other Cheyenne Stubbs did not start. She did play 22 minutes. Um, but Mullings, who I think is going to be a starter on this team at some point, played three minutes, three minutes and 22 seconds. I don't imagine that that's going to be the case usually. She also had three fouls in three minutes, which is a big part of why she didn't play very much. Um, and uh, fouls were an issue here. Fouls were a pretty significant issue. Fort Lewis took, uh, they shot 30 free throws. They hit 23 of them in the first quarter specifically, which is when this really went bad for Utah State, and then the rest of the game was kind of fighting back. Uh, Fort Lewis took a 22-8 to lead, and uh, it shot 14 free throws in that in that opening frame to uh, two for Utah State. It also took 20 shots to Utah State's nine in that opening quarter. Um, that's not what you want. That is not, that is not how you how you draw it up if you are the Aggies. Nope. They, uh, it was just, it was a, it was a weird first quarter. Um, they gave up six offensive rebounds. They out, they won the rebounding battle 13 to 11, but they gave up six offensive rebounds, 14 free throws, 20 field goals. As I said, field goal tries, uh, they were called for nine fouls. And I think also notably 12 turnovers in that opening frame. They finished the game with, 26. I, I, some of that would be, you know, chemistry not yet there. They're still trying to figure everything out with a, with a new team. But again, 26 is a lot. 26 is a lot. And Fort Lewis was nine and 19 last year in, not Division One. Um, I think they're yeah. D, I think they're D two. Uh, that's 26 is is too many. And Fort Lewis had 24. It was an ugly, ugly basketball game. Um, yep. And, uh, yes, it was, it, it was, it was ugly. I think that there is some, there's some in here. If you are looking at this purely as Utah state experimenting, trying to find some things that work, there are some things that worked in this game. There are some players who worked in this game. Sky Miller did not have a, a great game shooting the ball. She was four of 15, but she did have 12 rebounds and 11 points and five assists. That is good even with a, an off shooting night i think she is good that that has been my impression of of her in general um elise verdon played really well 15 points five rebounds um it was it was kind of quiet elsewhere cheyenne Stubbs i thought played pretty well as well 11 points livia knapp had 11 like there are there are parts here there are players here who who look capable Livia Knapp is, is a, a very good three-point shooter. She was three of six in this one. Nobody else really did much of anything from deep, which is also troubling. They only took 10 threes, um, and uh, they missed 11 free throws. They were 15 to 26 at the line. Just, uh, it's 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 concerning. <laughs> it would be hard to spin this as anything but concerning. It's a loss to a team from a lower level. It's an exhibition. It doesn't count. It's a loss to a team from a lower level in which you 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 were trailed at one point by twenty points. That is not. It's not good. It's just not. That's not good. Yeah, there's, like you said, there's a few things that you can look at. You mentioned Livia Knapp shooting three of six from from deep. Um, she accounted for three of the four three pointers that the team hit um, on only ten attempts, but. You know, you can look closely and find a couple of good things, but overall, this is uh, this is a game that leaves the coaching staff with plenty to figure out. Um, 
and you know what luckily they're maybe they're just playing playing chess not checkers you know it's it's one of those anecdotes in basketball that you you kind of just want to get that first loss out of the way no one goes undefeated in basketball so i kind of like the strategy just get the loss out of the way when it doesn't count and then get to get to the real stuff so maybe that's their strategy maybe that's what they're doing yeah um you know taste a little bit of defeat so you know you don't want it again and go yeah. uh oh. go out and figure <laughs> it out maybe that's what they're doing <laughs> i yeah. don't i don't know but we yeah uh we will see here in short order i mean the season's right around the corner uh we don't have to wait long to see what this coaching staff is able to do from from here to then this is the only exhibition game they just get one yep um and i i would assume that they have this that that was enough they they probably saw what they needed to see yeah i i think um, they i i can't speak to the i can't speak to the details of this but i believe that teams are allowed two exhibitions or or scrimmages and i think they probably had one secret scrimmage um that uh again i can't speak to i don't know the results of that um but uh i i I, I think the most positive reading of it is that they are trying some things out. Tiaria Hill Brown only played 11 minutes. Ivory Finley, who played, I thought, pretty well, played 19 minutes. Like these are going to be, I think, pretty big contributors to the team who were not carrying huge workloads, and you'll probably see them play more when it counts. Um, Ivory Finley specifically, save for four fouls, which is too many. I thought played pretty well. She she had eight points, two assists, two or four steals. Um, they need that. They need to be able to create those those turnovers. Um, Lauren Crocker did not uh, have a great game scoring. She only had the one point, but she did have five rebounds. True freshman with a lot of size down low. Um, she is, I think she's six five or six six. She's one of the taller players, both on the team and in the conference. Um, things to to build on. Also a lot of things to be concerned about with the turnovers, with the fact that they lost to a D2 team. Um, the the missed free throws are frustrating. I, I talked last year, I, I consistently talked last year about like Isabella Tenedo, who's one of the few returners on this team. Um, she needed to shoot free throws and practice more because she was four of eight here. She, she struggled all year last year with free throws and it is still an issue. Struggled with fouls. She had four in this game. She, they need more from her. They need more from as as the one of the the few players on the team who was on the team last year. They need more from her. Um, but uh, a, a work in progress, I'll say, a work in progress. They scored forty points in the paint. That's good. They didn't really ever do that last year. <laughs> so those are nice. You know, those are nice easy points. You got to the free throw line uh, a decent amount. You just got to hit them and not send the other team to the free throw line thirty times. Um, Fort Lewis pretty much just played with its standard rotation. They played somebody 37 minutes in this game. They were going for a win, um, and they got it. Uh, But, uh, yeah, it's, um, the, the result, even if it doesn't count is, is ugly for, for Utah state. It's certainly not what you're, not what you're looking for in this kind of game. Yeah, absolutely not. We're just really, really hoping this is, um, you know, this is year three of Kayla Ard. I think it's Um, four. I think it's year four. Year four year four of Kayla Ard into into this uh attempted rebuild of course it was not a a well-run program before it wasn't a very dominant program before no um really hoping Kayla Ard can you know hopefully this is the year uh her the first three years were not good um and I think there's there's some excitement certainly on this team and and there you know a lot did turn over from last year to this year really hoping this could be the year where the team breaks out a little bit um early early indicators would would not uh 
be generous in, in that regard, but really hoping they can figure some things out. Yep. Uh, men's basketball team will be in action for its public exhibition on Friday against Montana State Billings. Um, so people can uh, can can show up in the spectrum and see the team play, see what the new look team looks like, um, and then starts its season at home against South Dakota Mines on November 6th. I'll also mention the women's team starts its season on November 6th at Cal State Northridge. Um I, uh, from what I have gathered, I cannot speak to this because I did not see, I did not watch the game. You're not allowed to see these games, but I believe Utah State played, the men's team played in its secret scrimmage against Cal and uh, allegedly fared pretty well. That is the most I will say about that game. Allegedly fared pretty well. Um, these are, the scrimmages are not it's not necessarily the same deal as the exhibition where it is just a basketball game, but it doesn't count. Scrimmages operate differently. It's more of a, it's, it's closer to like a combined practice than it is a game. And there are game state stuff, but also they change some rules. They, they just do it differently. They don't really, they keep score, but not quite in the same sense. It's, it's not, it doesn't translate directly. Um, but uh, it, it's things are things are moving along for the men's team. They're getting ready to uh, to take the floor for the first time. There are some injury concerns. Uh, I, I have mentioned on here before. Max Ogbongpolo missed a decent amount of October with an injury, and uh, they're they're still I think working their way through that. Uh, Darius Brown has been dinged up. I think he's fine. I would guess that I I, I would assume he's going to play. I think Isaac Johnson is the same deal. Um, there are murmurings of a great Osabar injury that could be a little bit more uh, severe. I don't think that there's anything. There's nothing season end, ending here for for any of these injuries, but um, I know they are monitoring that as well. Uh, we will see what team takes the floor on Friday. We will see who all plays. I don't imagine that they're going to go all out with guys who are, you know, day to day who they want to, you know, they, they don't want to push back into action before they absolutely have to. But um, I would, uh, I would, I would predict, I have to assume that the men's team probably will not be losing its exhibition game against Montana State Buildings. But we will see. I'll be there. Uh, I'll be there taking pictures. If you are there, come say hi. Um, it should be uh, should be fun, fun to uh, fun to be back in the spectrum, fun to be watching basketball, talking about basketball again. Yeah, it's it's awesome. It's it's a really fun time of year. Uh, like you said, can't imagine they uh, the men's team loses their exhibition, but anything is possible in this game. These games, I feel really really optimistic about the men's team. I think the women's team is leaving uh, a lot of question marks, at least as of right now. The men's team is, of course, too. Uh, as it returns zero production, yeah. um, feeling very optimistic about the men's team, excited about what they can do um, in uh, in Danny Sprinkle's debut season here at Utah State. Yep, and uh, I think we will leave it there for this episode. Next time we uh, next time we talk, we'll have some more Olympic stuff to talk about, and of course, we'll have a football game to talk about, a football game to preview, um, and uh, we will uh, we'll speak to you all then.